Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today, Tuesday, July 9th. I had to remember the date. I've decided to call our program the Lunch and Learn Series. It's the uh, workforce show because we hope that you uh, end the program walking away, finishing your lunch with having learned something that you can apply to improving your, your life, your job, and your, your drive to build a very strong economic foundation for your community and yourself. I'm Cindy Gern, your host, and I have in our studio today a guest from, well, his name, first of all, let me tell you his name. His name is Arthur Lazarow. Welcome, Arthur. Thank you. Good, good afternoon to you, madame. Ah, you can tell folks that he's had radio announcing experience, so I may have to be, uh, uh, I may have to take the sidelines on this one and let him run with some of it, but I've invited him today because I hear from many, many sources the um, the complaint, the challenge, the questioning about how engaged, how helpful local, state, and federal government is in, in rebuilding or building our economic foundation as a country. And if you read the newspaper and articles on any of the related topics and you go scan down and you you read the commentaries and comments about what was written, it just always, always amazes me at the range of, of comments from people who absolutely have no knowledge <laughs> and they're commenting to people who have a lot of knowledge and are commenting. So one of the goals of our program in general is to bring these conversations to to your ears and to your eyes and to engage you in this conversation. But one of our goals today is to specifically talk about how Maryland has been helpful to a very budding and so far successful startup company founded by Arthur and his partner. Uh, and the company is called Trius Tri- Tri- Systems. Yeah, Trius Systems. Tri- Tri- what does that name mean, by the uh, way? Tri Energy. It was the concept that we used hot and cold and electricity. So it really came out as Tri Energy or Tria. Oh. And we've lived with it. And you've lived with it. Well, <laughs> it's a catchy name, and I hope that I can learn to pronounce it correctly before the end of the program. That would be helpful to you. That's all right. Butchered away. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> Just remember that. I don't know why I do that, but I think it's it's the online stress, right? <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, Maryland, I, I've talked to a lot of companies and CEOs in Maryland, and I get a whole range of feedback about how friendly Maryland is to business. So, first of all, this is just a simple one-sentence response I need from you at this point. Has Maryland been helpful to you? Yes, fabulously. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. There's my short answer. And we'll have a further description of what that means. (laughs) I hope so. As we go forward. Uh, But before we go forward, let's first of all find out a little bit about Arthur, because Arthur... Surprisingly, he has no background in this industry sector. Um, so well, that's not altogether true. Okay, tell uh, us about yourself. Well, I started as a, a naval officer. I had a college scholarship uh, through the Navy back in the 60s. Uh, they sent me to graduate business school. I came back from Vietnam and went to law school and then went into business as corporate counsel to a home builder in Baltimore, a local home builder, and did that for about 20 years and then went out on my own um, as part of that, that 20 years. And then with one of the recessions, and we decided we needed to find something else to do, we started a home inspection company, and that got me into the energy world. So that's how I fell into what I'm doing now. Uh, We're doing industrial uh, commercial energy work, 
but my background was residential. But uh, among our investors, I was the only one who had that experience in energy. So uh, once we proved the concept, I uh, agreed to jump in and see if I could work with Jim O'Brien, who is really our CEO and chief technology officer, to move it from proven concept into business. And that's really where we are right now. Well, that sounds all logical. Uh, it, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of career development planning. You don't know every step. You don't know every job. But if you're staying focused in a general direction, opportunities will follow, and you can build on your experience. So, obviously, that's that's what's happened. All right. Next question. What does your company do? What is it that is being, it's known for or it's going to be known for? TRIA has a unique system based on heat pump technology that recovers and recycles waste and excess heat. It's very simple. The thing that's unique is that we can collect waste and excess heat from a property at multiple locations simultaneously, process it, and then um, recycle it back to the, uh, the building uh, to satisfy multiple demands and do that simultaneously. And we do it through the transfer of heat through water, which is a very simple um, process. All right, you've said, you've said two things. One is uh, waste that I want to follow up on. What kind of waste? <laughs> Great question. We were surprised to realize that there is waste and excess heat everywhere. So we've sort of chunked down our business into, into three broad groups. One is commercial. Uh, for instance, we can take the heat from air conditioning in a hotel in uh, where it um, goes up to the uh, top of the building, the heat exchanger, and process that and give the hotel back all the shower water that it needs. So what is distilled from that? Is that the waste you're talking about? Or right, what? that's the waste heat. But we do it because we don't produce heat. We just process it and raise the temperature. We do it at 30% less expensive than a natural gas can produce heat and 70% less expensive than propane can produce heat. So where you have a propane-based industry, we're at great savings. So in commercial buildings, that's usually natural gas. In agriculture, it's mostly propane. And the military, we can take the heat from their burning diesel fuel and give it back to them at a big savings. So we've got lots of places we can do TRIA. So that's really kind of interesting because I didn't understand that was the total focus. Because I had always, uh, since having met you and folks, to know him is to really appreciate him. He is not only a very positive person, bright person, but... He gets things done, and I and that that to me is a great gift. Cindy, you're way too kind. All right, that costs though. You pay after the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Exactly. All right, but but what I did understand was that you, uh, working with agriculture and farming and and poultry, and somehow you took that waste. No, that 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 was a misunderstanding. Well, no, we we literally literally fell into chicken litter. Uh, my um, my staff at my home inspection company, <laughs> who were selling energy efficient products, went up to a farm to sell the chicken grower uh, LED light bulbs and looked over their shoulder and there was their litter shed just with steam coming off. They brought the brought the idea back to us to use the tree to capture that really what has been I wasted, see. transfer it into the chicken houses and save the farmers, the, the poultry growers, the broiler growers, a tremendous amount of money. There's a net savings of 70%. And heating is the probably the number one operating cost in the production of chickens. The, the number one cost is what? 
Heating? Heating heating the houses. Heating the houses? Yep. In most locations, they're heating 10 months a year. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, so the other thing that you said that interested me, raised my antenna, was the uh, uh, water. How do you, you, you run your process through water? Yes. And distill out whatever it is and then recycle it back? Right. Well, think of BTUs as quarters in a bank. Uh-huh. So... We have a, an area that has excess heat, processed through our system, and it deposits all these quarters into the bank account. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, your bank account gets bigger and bigger. Well, we take the BTUs, the heat rise that we get from the waste heat, and accumulate it into a tank of hot water, and the tank becomes very hot, anywhere from 120 to 130 degrees. Right, okay. So then you're extracting that. Um, water, not that we're going to talk about this today, but I've been giving a lot of thought to, you know, I know the focus of our program is economic and workforce development, but you can't have that conversation with, without a question uh, and discussion around policy and public policy. And as I was driving to the station today, I was uh, listening to a program on fracking, and water and recycling water, which is a big thing. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to The Workforce Show on Radio 1240 WCEM AM and streaming at mtslive.com. Listen on the Facebook, and thank you to our underwriters, Upper Shore Regional Council and Identica. Hi, welcome back. This is Cindy Gern, your host, and I'm here with Art Lazaro, who is the co-founder, I guess, on the board, chairman, dishwasher. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> of a company called Tria Systems, and they are an energy company that has a new product. Uh, you know, if you heard the first part of our, inter- of our conversation, it's not an interview, but a conversation, you heard uh, Art talk about... Uh, his 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 own personal career uh, and pattern and track that led him to be more knowledgeable about the need for energy efficiency and also the recession kind of prompted some of this, did it not? Yes. So why don't you take it from here and you you tell our listeners how you got started and what those steps have been, the process have been for you. Right. Well, Tree is at, at the beginning of stage three. Stage one was proving the concept. And we actually did it did it backwards. The, for a startup, and, and as you, you should realize, when you have a concept, the first thing you want to do is find out whether you have a market. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very simple. There's thousands and thousands of patents in the patent office that have no market. So once you have a concept, prove the market, and then prove that your concept is viable. Well, we did it backwards. We had a concept, Jim O'Brien's our, our um, visionary, and, and he had an idea to use heat pump and a, like a geothermal system without the digging. And he then went ahead and proved the concept, and I was an original investor, and the concept was sound. At that point, we really weren't sure what we're going to do with it. We thought it was residential, then we decided it was commercial, and it's truly a commercial industrial application. At that point, I got involved with Jim as an advisor and then became chairman of the board, and uh, I'm the angel investor, and I've got a nice investment in this and, and looking forward to great success. So we proved the concept, we proved the product, and now we've built the company to the point where we're at the real threshold of commercialization. We're ready to go into business. And uh, i got to tell you, I've had more fun doing this than any one person's entitled to. Uh, working this startup is just exhilarating. It's frustrating. There's problems. But at the end of the day, I say to myself, have I helped move Tria forward? And invariably, it's a smile on my face. I say, yes, we, we're moving forward. So we're there. 
we've got a business and you know the point of this is workforce development and we're at that point um, one of the things that moved us forward so nicely was the state of Maryland infrastructure and I, I look at it as state and then regional and then private um, enterprise um, so you know if you'd like me to I can, I can tell you some of our experiences um, no, definitely do you want to do it now or do you want to wait yeah no you? I think that this okay. is a good time um, the first thing that comes to mind is because we're in energy I sat down with Kathy McGrew at the Maryland Clean Energy Center and Kathy has and been... Kathy has been, I guess, before. Oh, has she? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Terrific. No, Kathy's a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very smart. And she has her finger on the pulse of what's happening in the energy world in Maryland. Kathy's been a mentor. She's pushed us into uh, opportunities. And we've developed a corporate expression, which is just show up. What does that mean, pushed in, you into opportunities? In, well, there's a lot of things going on to help support... A business. There's Tedco in the state of Maryland, which is na- nationally famous for supporting new enterprises. There's just the, in energy, just in no, no, in business in general. Oh, okay. Energy is just one little slice of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can talk about Tedco more. Um, in addition, the Maryland Department of Economic Development um, has programs that, that's very, very useful. There are. Um, Regional people like here in Maryland, um, Mike Thielke, you know, oh, Mike, uh, yep. at the uh, Maryland, uh, the Eastern Shore Entrepreneurship Center, um, and he tries to, to uh, create economic um, development on a regional basis. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the individual individual counties that have their economic development. And of course, they're fighting to improve their counties. So there's... You but know, by the th- way, Mike is also engaged at the community level, right, with a revolving fund? Yes. For some of this. But exactly. This, but so when Kathy's pointing you in these opportunities, it's for the purpose of getting connected to these people and getting them to know you? Right. And moving the, the technology and the company to commercialization, oh, being okay. in business and being in sales and beginning to develop our workforce. Mm-hmm. The whole infrastructure is designed to support workforce development and it's there and here in the state of Maryland we're blessed with an awful lot of of good people doing that it's very very impressive and frankly I've always been in private industry this is the first time I personally am seeing these just terrific opportunities Mm -hmm. Um, for instance uh, Department of um, Business and Economic Development had for the first time a business plan competition and throughout the country 259 companies competed we ended up as a finalist top nine out of 259 that has really this helped was, push us national? into the news. It's, it oh, was that's a clean nas- tech. That's clean that, tech. No, that's all business. That's all business. Yeah, it's oh, not just clean okay. tech. Okay, um, we'll talk more about tech, right. clean tech later on. But now, go ahead. Right, go clean ahead. tech open, which is a national competition. Right. We we got a lot of training from that, and we were semifinalists there. And then uh, that where I met Mike Fielke was through his business plan competition, and we won that. And that so was the Eastern Shore Entrepreneurship. That was Eastern Shore, and he had 30-some entre- um, entries. They boiled it down to five finalists, 
and in November there was a or December they, there was a competition. By the way, can oh. I ask you this? Let me just talk. yeah, sure. Remember, they the Maryland had a truck that was driving around uh, promoting entrepreneurship, and you could go into the truck in different locations at scheduled times and do a one minute spiel about your company, and then based on that, you would be selected for was it for that kind of contest? Or exactly, that's exactly. You know, the, the the presentation is a little bit longer, and then it's judged, and the judges ask you questions, and they put you on the hot seat, and it's um it's a very interesting experience. Uh-huh. So that was all part of what Kathy kind of drew, directed you toward, getting access to these different services and resources. Right. Kathy was sort of the uh, where we planted the, the acorn, and since mm-hmm. then the tree is growing and growing, and Kathy's just been there uh, consistently. Mike's been a big help, Mike Fielke. Uh, Clean Tech Open, Josh Green has been just terrific in, in helping us. Um, there's just a lot of people out there who sort of see the big picture and is helping those of us who are trying to develop our little enterprise grow into successful businesses. And this was after you this was after you got through your proof of concept. Uh, phase. Uh, you got your product patented. Correct. And then, so, so who? So you were one of the funders of that at first, first stage. Correct. At uh, first stage, and then I supported the entire second stage, which is when you were going through all these contests. And yeah, exactly. My goal was to get the company into commercialization. So I came on board in management once the the concept was proven been a proven product and now we've been developing both our staff and our um, our channels for sales and um, you know making getting first uh, first users we have three beta projects out there is that, the, is, that the, is that the third stage when you when you get your team together you, people are interested you've won some awards now it's time to bring in staff and a, a, an organization to build an organization yeah I really see that as, as the culmination of the second stage as I mean, a you, second can, stage. you know you can slice and dice it any way you want uh-huh. but the fact is you start with an idea and you end up with a company ready to go to the business right but sometimes you you wonder and I think people ask do I have to have the company because you before I go out and I ask for money before I do any of these things that you're talking about to gain awareness of my product to have credibility because often you hear what makes or breaks an organization is the investors or whomever are looking at your management team can you really bring it to market well management team is is critical uh, investors mm-hmm. invest in people they don't invest in companies and we've learned that mm-hmm. um, I'm blessed we have 10 people around me with 250 years of experience in all the Arthur disciplines. has 100 of those yeah, right. I, I feel like it I'm only kidding I'm only I, I just got 40 yeah I mean I, this is my last hurrah I assure you my last hurrah and, and I'm proud to, to be where we are uh, okay. fortunately you know I'm exercising all of my experiences and skills I've developed over 40 mm-hmm. years and maybe that's one of the other reasons why it's being successful. But I've got great people around me in marketing and financial advice and, and product development and technology and sales. Uh, we, we're really ready to go. Um, and uh, maybe in the next section we can really um, chunk down into workforce development and, and how 
what we've accomplished to date is going to develop into a, a real workforce. I think you'll be impressed. Okay, I, I will be. And I want to make sure that our listeners were able to kind of capture the essence of what I think are very critical uh, points in your timeline and your your growth. And it's one of the things that uh, made me so interested in your company. Uh, and he, Arthur, is one of the world's fantastic marketeers. Oh, he, I don't know about that. Please, he's out there. Don't I've blow this him. up. No, I've heard him. I've heard him talk about his company, and it's like a cheerleader. And you, know, everybody's running behind him. But it sounds to me, you know, you you started off. Uh, Going, you know, your uh, Mr. O'Brien had the technology, yeah, Jim, right. Jim O'Brien, but he didn't. Uh, he kind of was excited about the technology, which I think often happens. People who have the technology don't think ahead about business. How are they going to commercialize? How are they going to bring it? Because it's it's so exciting. The technology is that what you see? Uh, what you find out in in mm-hmm. working a startup is you start small. And everybody has expertise, but nobody has everything. So then you say, okay, what more do you need? Well, Jim and I had ma- I had management. Jim had the technology. But I'm not a salesman. Jim's not a marketing guy. Um, neither of us um, have, you know, ex- there are, I guess the easy way to say, there are holes in our expertise. And slowly but surely, we found the right people to put in the right place to give us the expertise that we needed to propel us forward every day. Okay. And as I say, when you find 250 years of experience around you, uh, it's just, you know, I can sit back and let everybody okay. do do their thing. All right. We're, uh, this is exciting. I'm getting really interested in this, Sylvester. Uh, we're here with our Azero of Tria Systems. Now you're listening to The Workforce Show on Radio 1240 WCEM AM, and we're streaming at mtslive.com. And like us on Facebook. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. This is Cindy Gurn, your host, and I'm here in the studio with Art Lazarow of Tria Systems, which is an energy company starting with a product. And we've been talking about the stages of business development from an idea to uh, to real success and hiring people. Is that that's an end goal? Having people buy your product and and for you to be able to hire a lot. No, of people. that's the selling the product is that, the one and only final that's, goal. That's it. That's a goal. Now that you have the product, yeah. so you've you've described this whole process from start to you know the end zone, uh, the first end zone, uh, as a three phase project. The first one was taking the taking the idea. And the concept. Uh, I think we have we have our expert uh, station manager or <laughs> online on air. If you heard him, ignore him. <laughs> no, I want to drink whatever he's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the first, uh, so the first phase was the idea and finding seed money to get started. And you talked about three, at least three people in three organizations that you were directed to. To who are very instrumental in helping move you forward. Right, correct. Uh, Kathy McCruder of Maryland Clean Energy Center, Mike Thulke of the Entrepreneurship Eastern Shore Entrepreneurship Center, who is very well known, and Joshua Green from Clean Tech. But and it seems to me that having those um, introductions and those knowledge of the people, the right people, was very important in that first phase. Right. It was. Yeah. I learned a, a number of lessons in building a startup. And, of course, the first one I've already said, just show up. You have to take advantage of every potential opportunity. Not everyone bears fruit, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And 
I can't think of, a, of going to a conference or talking to somebody that didn't lead somewhere, even where it was unexpected. The, mm-hmm. So just show up. The second thing is the importance of strategic partnerships, which really goes along with that. Um, you can't know everything. You can't be everywhere. So we need to surround ourselves with people in other ex- areas of expertise that can help you move your company forward. Um, you know, creating a financial model that's going to work, of course, is very, very important. Um, and then preparing your company to satisfy your sales. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, you've got to learn where your markets are and what your market acceptance mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. And then once you know you're going to sell, how you can actually produce the product, deliver it, maintain it, warranties, etc. So you see, you're talking now about the whole continuum. Correct. That's exactly right. right. Mm-hmm. The, um, the other thing I've, I've noticed that it's really important to have a unified marketing concept. You, know, you have to be able to describe your product in 30 seconds. If you're on an elevator, you got top to bottom, 30 seconds. What are you going to say? And the development of a, of a elevator pitch is something that just goes on and on. It's very interesting. The other thing is the importance of the people around you, the people in your business, having the right people in the right place, all of whom have no personal agenda except to get it right for the company. And... I Why are there, there other people that you could surround yourself with who don't have that? Oh, I, there you know there are a lot of people who want to use you for to forward themselves, and that's their number one priority. You want people who their number one priority is to is to build the business and get it right for the business. And when that happens, then everybody benefits. Mm-hmm. The employees all benefit. Mm-hmm. But some people don't understand it that it comes give to the company first, and the company then right. gives back. Okay, now you're. At uh, at the point now, we're at the line, the starting line for what you have called the third phase. Uh, what is the goal for the third phase? Um, as a startup, it's important to select one industry and get into that one industry and market and create a financial foundation for your business. And Tria has decided that the agricultural section and specifically the poultry, the broiler growers. And we have built two beta projects, one in Petersburg, West Virginia. There's a major chicken growing area that Pilgrims is the, um, is the integrator, is the, the producer of the end product. They control 1,200 uh, 1, farmers, growers around them in the Petersburg, Moorfield, West Virginia area and Harrisonburg, Virginia. They have two plants. So we built one. That was our initial beta project. We learned how to, to how chicken litter reacts, and we became chicken litter experts. Let me interrupt you. When you say a beta, who, who funds a beta project? Um, we found financial institutions based on my personal statement that I borrowed and okay. then um, gave the money to TRIA to, oh, okay. to install okay. it. That's, that's so how it goes. No, money no, is coming in from different sources right. as you move along. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things I've done the last two years is find the financing to, to keep mm-hmm. us rolling along. Um, the second um, of the beta projects is in... Uh, Salisbury, and of course there we've got the Delmarva. Salisbury, Maryland. You're right. Mm-hmm. We've got the Delmarva market area. So we've got two systems. Uh, we're today, as we talk, we're refining our system in Salisbury to take advantage of all the heat coming out of the, the chicken litter. We'll turn that on later this week 
start getting some of the data and immediately go into sales. Mm, so okay. we're we're by August we're going to be selling our um, our heat recovery system for poultry houses. Uh-huh. So by August you will have actually created. Uh, you're way beyond the first stage. You're oh, this for sure. You're in a real business. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I would describe Tria as a mature startup. Mm-hmm. So as before, we talk about the exciting third phase of it, <laughs> which is the workforce phase and building phase. There are several questions that came to my mind. One is, uh, and we'll talk more about this. I think in the, in our final. Uh, minutes but will you you start off you got support and funding from Maryland but I hear that you you know you're opening your beta sites in Virginia and Maryland how how's that being received is that something that's you know I, I as you know have a very strong focus on regional cooperation I, you don't have passports to go from one county to another but are you finding that useful for your business strategy to be yep. able to work across the a- absolutely what I found <laughs> Where you have an idea that could be beneficial, both societal, environmentally, and economically, that the people in the state and in the regional and in the local county um, organizations get it. Mm -hmm. They really get it. And they want to see really? you succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's not always been my experience. Sometimes I get a sense that, you know, the economic development folks are competing with one another because they desperately want to bring in business. You know, what makes it more attractive? I mean, well, isn't it understandable if you work for well, sure. Dorchester County, you know, Keisha is a friend of yours. Yeah. Um, you know, her job is to bolster Dorchester that's County. That's Terry in Arlington. Right. But so. well, that's exactly right. <laughs> so on that level, they're competitive. Right. On the regional level, like Mike Fielke, he's trying to get everybody to work together. And he was very successful in getting all the local um, colleges together this year to do an entrepreneurship center that, that was was it, it just satisfied every dream Mike had to Oh, that's that. here. Oh, I, I, hold that because I want to talk to you more about that because that's, that's actually related as well to your third stage, getting the getting the people together, getting the skills and the management staff. Very correct. correct. As well, which yeah. I think is very exciting because I know in in Maryland, the, in, especially on the Eastern Shore, Chesapeake Community College, Salisbury University, even the private colleges like Washington College, they're all interested in promoting and supporting and engaging and Correct. Learning. But for the first time, Mike got them all to work together collegially to develop one program, feed people into that program, and on, I think, five or six successive Fridays had all-day seminars on entrepreneurship to help existing companies build strategic partnerships and further their existing businesses. So this wasn't a startup experience. This was engineers, and I think there were mostly engineers in that. Um, But at the end of the, the five or six weeks, Mike saw a coalescence of attitude that people wanted to work together. Mm-hmm. It was a new experience where instead of just building my business, let's just build everything we're doing and see where one company can help another can help another. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm finding and that actually as a that's startup. true, isn't it? You know, your product is going to be, your service, your product is going to be requiring additional products and services to sustain it. And why not those products and services coming from a collaborative community where you're identifying people with different expertise? Right, and that goes back to workforce development. We expect to have an assembly shop here on the Eastern Shore, Mm -hmm. which means we're going to be employing 
people in various um, you know various professions who help us assemble but some of the things we assemble need to be manufactured because we don't manufacture anything we, we're an assembly company we're manufacturing everybody here manufacturing which is the big buzzword today in terms of economic growth and drivers right so we'll we'll have subcontractors feeding us s- smaller assemblies for us to assemble so there's economic activity so it's not only us hiring but it's putting money into the environment and uh, we did an economic study, which I think we're, I'd like to spend more time on in, on the last segment. Okay. But the, the, the point of all this is that where a new company has an idea mm-hmm. that is proven to be feasible, there is terrific support in the state of Maryland to bring that into commercial business operation. So, question on that point, though, is are there barriers, though, to doing business in, in Maryland? Are there regulations, tax uh, disincentives, other things that, that maybe weren't as attractive initially? I mean, do you have to balance all that out? Or? Well, you, you learn in any business to adapt to whatever your environment is. So, mm-hmm. if you're in a heavily regulated area, which we're not, fortunately, but where you're in a heavily regulated area, you have to work with the experts. For instance, in medicine and biomedical, mm-hmm. DBED, Department of Business Economic Development, has an um, a agricultural-focused group of people who will help researchers in the biomedical field work their way through that. Uh, okay. So there is support in individual uh, business segments, Mm -hmm. specific business segments. Mm -hmm. So in Clean Energy, Merlin Clean Energy Center, in Bio, DBED has uh, terrific support. Uh, And I could go on and on. Okay. One one point, one uh, topic I want to cover before we break uh, is uh, the fact is that you had patented this product. To it's patent with. pending. We're we're right about ready for the patent to be issued. And that's a big issue I hear repeated, discussed over and over again. How you, you know, patents being um, kind of gold if you can get them done. The American for Innovation Act was supposed to make this whole process faster and easier. What has been your experience in getting these patents? Patenting can be very frustrating. You need patent counsel. It costs money. The typical patent is going to, you know, going to cost you between ten and twenty thousand mm. dollars. So it's expensive. There's no easy way to do it. You, you, the first thing you do is to have a patent examiner take your concept and run it through all the other patents to see in your area whether you can actually apply for a patent or whether somebody's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Much to our surprise, all we were looking for was permission to operate. Mm-hmm. It turned out no one else had a system that could collect heat from multiple sources simultaneously and then process it and you know, satisfied demands, yeah. mobile demands, satis- you know, simultaneously. Mm. Which makes it even more challenging to you as a small business person seeking to grow in that the cost of entry into the market, because it is a, a product, it's a patentable product, it's a manufacturing product, is more uh, uh, finance intensive than other businesses. Yeah, the, um, the issue of patent, I want to go back to that. Okay. A patent in the United States protects you in Canada, United States, and Mexico. But where you have a product that could be a worldwide product, which TRIA truly is, mm-hmm. you don't have protection outside of those areas. So mm-hmm. uh, we were invited to um, 
use our product in Liberia, for instance, <laughs> and we're very excited about it, and we, we may yet do it, but we're going to have to figure out how to protect our technology. So where you have an individual technology, you want to protect it. Folks, you're listening to Arthur Lazaro talk about his business, his new business, Tree of Systems. Uh, we will be back shortly. You're listening to the Workforce Show on Radio 1240 WCEM AM. Uh, but I also want to mention our underwriters, which are under uh, Upper Shore Regional Council, which just has come out with their new uh, harvest directory, and Identica, I-D-E-N-T-I-K-A, on the web, who is a nationally known, recognized film producer and uh, video as software developer. Uh, we are streaming at mteslive.com. Like us on Facebook and join our group on the uh, LinkedIn Workforce Show group. Thank you. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. We're coming into our last few minutes with our guest, Art Lazaro, who is part of Founder and part of the management team for a company that is just at the poise to go big and maybe even some point later go public who knows but it's uh his company is tria systems it's an energy recycling company in a way is that a way exactly to describe yeah. it? clean energy clean recycle. energy sustainable energy another source and it uh it doesn't add stuff to the environment it takes it out and recycles it so it's uh pure and not environmentally hazardous that, that's a very interesting point that we haven't ca- talked about with tria but just give you an example in the poultry industry we're taking out about 10,000 gallons of propane annually from each farm we install a system. That, that means 7,500 pounds of carbon every year. It's not going to the environment for every one of our installations. It's a thing of beauty when it comes to the, insta- into the environment. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't ask you now where that does go, uh, but we'll. But I, t- I trust that you, you're helping to clean up the environment. Well, and someday the propane producers aren't going to be real happy with tree, but that's <laughs> hey, a different story. Uh, that's a different story. Uh, before we want to use the uh, remaining time to talk about the impact of of uh, his business growth and his in his particular sector on the job creation and then and this kinds of skills that are going to be needed. But before we do that, let's just kind of make sure that those of you who are considering starting a business who are at the maybe first or second levels of stage one, I mean, we have little metrics here, kind of learn from somebody else's experience, somebody who's been successful navigating uh, some pretty, you know, pretty rocky roads. Uh, I'll summarize in a second, but before I do, I want to ask Arthur. Oops, as here, you it comes. Looks at, here it comes. <laughs> what one or two or a hundred mis- no one mistake yeah. uh, <laughs> you, know, you do it differently in business you're always going to make mistakes you just what you learn is that when you realize you've made a mistake you just go back and make it right and move on but one thing we found that we made a mistake a number of times until we could verbalize it was that we relied on other people too often whether it was in thinking someone else is going to be a salesman for us or someone's going to help us move our product forward. What we found is that so many people wanted to use TRIA for their own purposes and not to help TRIA forward its business. Mm, Interesting. All right. I I want to save time to talk about workforce, but just a quick recap. Uh, What I heard and I hope you all heard were uh, the important elements of 
being uh, being out there, making the right connections, talking to the right people who can help you identify who the key players are, who can direct you to sources of funding, sources of strategic partnerships, uh, et cetera, and having a really strong management team at a certain point, which is really important. And I would suspect not losing confidence, not even though there might be some setbacks, remaining positive and really believing in yourself. And the other thing that kind of resonates with me is the trusting of other people, uh, not depending, not listening to somebody's promise to be there, et cetera, who doesn't deliver and takes a lot of time from you. Um, we want to talk, of course, our interest as well is on how business grows jobs how we grow the middle class prosperity and sustainability. How is your business, how are you envisioning your business helping reach that goal? The way to figure that out is you start with your sales and then what personnel do you need to satisfy those sales? So we're taking a very dim view of 2013. We're only projecting nine sales. And I hope we do better. But, um, and then 200 in 2014 and 1,300 in 2014 uh, and 15. When you look at those sales, we're going to only have seven or eight people on our staff the next few months. But that balloons to 35 employees in 2014 and 40-some employees. When you at our little company, just getting off the ground, we're going to produce 86 employee years during that period. We're going to have salaries of almost $4 million, and that goes right into the economy. Um, and that's not without executives. With, with executives, you add it all together, and um, there's another almost $7 million of total uh, economic activity. Then when our assembly manufacturing, our assembly operation um, is moving along, and you add all that together, in the three years, we're going to add over 40, $46 million of monies into the local economy. And that just, that's how a startup that becomes a real business contributes to the economy. And when you think about the competitions we've been in, 40-some, 30-some companies in the Eastern Shore, 259 companies in Maryland. We're in another competition. We're a finalist in the William James Foundation. There's 520 companies, just like TRIA, all working to develop new products and new technology. So what's going on nationwide in um, in startups and in uh, small business is really astounding. So even though banks uh, may have, you know, the word down the street was that banks weren't lending, it sounds to me as if, number one, the... Um, the, the energy is there, the financing is there with a lot of state help and, and other assistance to get, and there are a lot of people who really still believe in America. I think that the total message is it's possible to succeed even in these difficult times. Okay. and All right. So you have all those jobs. You're working with colleges, Chesapeake Community College being one, Salisbury, uh, others in Virginia to create, to work with them to make sure you have the skills that are needed to, to meet those demands that you're expecting going forward. The, the colleges are today working together to create very specific um, employment-based trainings so the right the people locally have the right skills to get jobs. Which is really important because having the businesses drive the training versus training <laughs> driving business. Right. Uh, ironically, one of the largest companies here on the Eastern Shore, Cambridge International, is leading that charge. Yeah, Dion Banks, and he's been our guest too. All right, so uh, 
we're about to close. I want to wrap up with a couple of key points. Tomorrow we have Arthur's counterpoint, counterpoint uh, in uh, Virginia, Karen Sorber with Micro uh, Inc. Technologies that did win Clean Energy uh, a competition. And she has a product as well that's very exciting. Uh, join us on LinkedIn, the Workforce Show group, and uh, join us and email us to become part of our email list. I'm Cindy Gurn. You're listening to The Workforce Show on Radio 1240 WCEM AM. Uh, We're streaming at mtslive.com. And like us on Facebook. And we're building our Facebook, our show's Facebook and Twitter capabilities. And so soon you'll be seeing us and hearing us all over the place. Thank you again. See us tomorrow.